0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, our, we were supposed to have a missionary come in who called out sick today, and so you're stuck with me. And the good news is, is that this is a short message, and all of God's people said, Yes. So yesterday I had, um, I had this guy come to the house, and he's he was, uh, is a contractor, and he was helping me uh, mount a TV. And so he saw my kids, and he didn't see Smitha, and he was like, so is it just you and, and the kids? And I was like, my wife isn't with us right now. And uh, so he thought something had happened. I was like, no, she's at a retreat, And um, while he's helping me, the first thing that that came to my mind was, I just want him to mount my TV and go home. Like, that was it. But as I'm helping him, the thought came across my mind. I was like, how am I going to talk to this random person about Jesus? Has that ever happened to you where you're like, man, like I... I want people to know about this Jesus who I love. But how do I even broach the topic? Like how, do I, like, how do I even get there? And all of a sudden, he turns to me and he says, you know, I really like the Indian people. And I said, I really like the Indian people. <laughs> and he said... They have so many gods. Shiva and Ganesh, and I just said, "They do." I said, "But I'm a Christian," like, and he said, "What?" And I said, "Yeah, actually, I'm a I'm a pastor." And he said, "At at a temple?" Or I'm like, "No, no, no, like at a at a <laughs> church at a church in Quincy." And he said, never in my wildest dreams would I think that I'd be meeting an Indian Christian pastor. And so I kind of told him a little bit about our history. And I I said, but, you know, the thing is, is while there might be maybe only 2% in India, all of India, who are Christians, what happened was the Apostle Thomas traveled to India He ended up in the state that my family is from, where Smith's family is from, and in that state, there's like 80% who are Christians, because when Jesus comes, and when Jesus comes into a culture, man, he transforms and changes everything, and so here he is, and he told me that he was a philosophy major, and telling me about things like, hey, like, how how is it that all these people have their gods, and and you're saying that Jesus is the only true God. He said, but those people don't know. And I told him, I said, you're right, they don't know, but they have to hear. They have to, like, eventually, it's our job, like, those who know and love this Jesus, it is, it's our job to go and tell those who don't even know about who this Jesus really is, about what he's done for us. How amazing, how wonderful he is. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 17? Uh, we'll be reading from verse 13 onwards and um, this is Jesus and he's praying and he's saying I'm coming to you now but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. You know, it's, it's missions convention. And, and, you know, when you hear the word missions, what do you think about? Because I know there are some of you, when you think of missions convention, some of you think oh no, Pastor Rennie's is going to ask us for more money. Some of you think beyond that, and you think about uh, people who go to a foreign land to preach the gospel. If you have any kind of military background at one point, the word mission, it, it brings about these Thoughts of some type of field training exercises. At our our last board meeting, we were just talking about missions convention and the board asked me like, why do we do missions convention? Are we doing missions convention? Because this is what we do from the beginning of time. And you know, over the course of these many years of me being here, man, my, my perspective on the purpose of missions convention has changed a lot. It initially started with, hey, we need to increase our missions funding because this is how we support missionaries around the world so that they can go out and they can reach those who have never heard about Jesus. <clears throat> and, then, and then it's changed to, hey, we need to bring an awareness to our church, an awareness to our people about what God is doing all over the world. Like that's an important thing. I had, a, I had a couple come to me a couple years ago, and they said, you know, in our former churches, we never had a missionary come and talk to us. We never had a missionary come and tell us about what God is doing around the corner and around the world. Like, no one ever came to our churches. And so, so that level of awareness is incredibly important But again, my perspective on Missions Convention has changed again. And while those things are so important, I want to tell you that the purpose of Missions Convention is to stir in you the calling that God has on your life. Not just to hear about what God is doing around the world. Not just to hear about what God is doing in the individual that comes and presents a need around the world. But it's to encourage you. Because at the end of the day, you are called. You are called. You are called in the marketplace, and some of you are called beyond that. You are called in your neighborhoods. You are called to your families. Some of you are called beyond the walls of this church, beyond the city limits, beyond this country. Some of you are called, and I believe that God is stirring in some of you that call to go. Because at the end of the day, there are people who have never heard about the saving power of Jesus Christ. While I was talking to my friend yesterday and and telling him about what's going on in India and, and that Jesus is the only way, ultimately. That while... while while there are people who believe in Allah and people who believe uh, in in Buddha and, and people who are praying to multiple idols at the end of the day, everybody has this exclusive claim. And what scripture tells us is that Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to a good final destination. He's the only way. And while there are people around the world who have never heard the gospel, there are also people in Boston who have never heard the gospel. There are people in the South Shore who have never heard of Jesus Christ. That's our culture right now. They, have made, they, they may have heard of his name. They may have heard of things about him. They never really heard about who he is, about what he's done. So who are the people in your lives that need to hear about the gospel? Who are the people who need to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ? At the end of the day, Missions Convention needs to bring about this question, what are you doing about those people? What are you doing about lost, hurt, broken, dying people? The whole purpose of missions convention is to give you an opportunity to do something about it. The whole purpose is is to spur you on in your own situation and tell people of the grace and the mercy and the passionate love of Jesus. That's why we do this. So what are you doing about the lost? What are you doing about the broken? And what are, you, what are you doing about dying people around you? Verse 18 is what Christian mission is all about. And if you look at that verse, you might think that, man, you know, I don't even see the word mission or missionary, but it's there. Because the word mission means to send, to send. And this is what Jesus says as he's praying. He says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. See, see, to be on mission means to be sent. And Jesus tells us that he is on mission. And so anyone who comes into contact with Jesus becomes a person who's on mission. A person who's sent on mission is sent to show something. And we have missions all around us. There are people who, who work out of really nice buildings and have really nice offices and they are ambassadors. They're known as ambassadors to, to, uh, of different nations. And See, an ambassador and a missionary are the same thing. Jesus was sent to show. That's what he was sent to do. Ambassadors, they come and they dispel these stereotypes of what their countries are really like. And they come and they, they live amongst people in another country and they come to represent their nation in a true and accurate way. Jesus says this in verse 6. He says, I have revealed your name, or I I have come to show people who God really is. I have come to show people who God is. I have come to show that our God isn't this mean God. I've come to show that our God isn't this cruel God. I've come to show that our God isn't this angry God at all. Jesus didn't come just to show who God is, but he came to bring truth, didn't he? He came to bring truth for a reason. He was sent to save. That's why he came. In verse 19, it says, for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. See, he came to make broken people whole. He came to make sinful people holy. There are a lot of people who think that, you know, Christianity is this great religion if it wasn't for the mission stuff. Christianity has a lot of great morals and truths and teachings, but I hate that people feel that they have to convert people. Isn't that just narrow-minded? I want you to think about this for a second. Imagine there was somebody that you loved and you see them having these symptoms of a sickness that you used to have. I mean, there was a point in your life where you were sick and and you were on the verge of death, but you know what you had to do to get saved. Wouldn't you tell your loved one of that cure? Wouldn't you tell your loved one about your experience? I mean, that is mission. If you knew what that person needed to be saved, you would be on mission, and that's not being narrow-minded. That's just being intense. Because at the end of the day, love is always, always intense. And if we were really honest with ourselves, most of us know about that intensity. Most of us have this passionate love for Jesus. Most of us want to share about this love with others, but but there's a problem. People. People can be scary. People can be intimidating. And we're at a point right now where our our culture doesn't want us talking about this Jesus. The disciples were given the mission, but they're also told about the problems they're going to face because of this mission. They were told that people weren't going to listen to them. The disciples were told that there were going to be some people who weren't going to listen to the message that they had to preach. And the same is true for you, and the same is true for me. There are people who don't want to hear what we have to say. But it's not a reason not to say anything. And it's not a reason not to do anything. Listen to what scripture says in Matthew 10, 14. It says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, just shake the dust off your feet. And when you leave that town or go home, just shake the dust off your feet. And I know it can be frustrating to do your best to reach out to a loved one or someone who doesn't know Jesus and... I know what it's like to have people not show any interest whatsoever, but we need to remember that there were people who rejected the God of the Old Testament, and there were people who rejected Jesus in the New Testament, and there were people who rejected the apostles. These men who were full of power and the Holy Spirit, there there were people who rejected them all. And and if they rejected God, then they're going to reject us today. But it's not a reason to disregard your mission. And it's not a reason to disregard your calling. And it's not a reason to not get involved in the work of missions. So this morning, I'm going to ask Tim to come forward as we begin to close this morning. Missions is tough. It's tough for the person who goes overseas. And missions is tough for you as God calls you to reach out to your neighbors and your loved ones and your coworkers and people who are intimidating. But while missions might be tough, there is also great reward with that. While people might reject us and while people may insult us and while people may persecute us or just flat out ignore us, the promise that we have is that he will be with us. He will give us strength in our time of weakness. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will direct us. And his presence will be with us as we do the work of mission. And guys, there is nothing that compares in this world to having his presence with us. The promise is that he will be with us. And I'll tell you something, there is nothing like seeing someone come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus he gives his followers a mission. He told them that they're going to face some problems and then he tells them of some promises that are for them. This is what it says in Matthew 10:32 to 39. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. So do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against a father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So there's just a couple of things that I want to tell you and then we'll close this morning. If we preach Jesus if we will take the call of God seriously in our life, Jesus will acknowledge us before his Father. But the opposite of that is also true. This message is a message that's going to cause division in our schools, in our workplace, and in our families. But the dedication will not go unrewarded. Jesus will acknowledge us before the Father. So I want to remind you this morning that if you have asked Jesus into your heart, then you are an ambassador and you are on mission. And your mission is to show people who this Jesus really is. And your mission is to let people know that Once you were blind, but now you see. Once you were headed for destruction, but now you are headed towards life abundant. Once you were stuck in your sin, but now you have found freedom in Jesus Christ. So at the end of the day, there's something you have to ask yourself. How strong is my connection with Jesus? If your connection to Jesus is strong, then you'll want to be like him, sent to make broken people whole. And just like Jesus, you will recognize that you are on a mission, and you're on a mission to save people from the burning flames of hell. You're not on a mission to help people in their anxieties. You're not on a mission to help people with their fears. You're not on a mission to help people deal with their sickness. You are on a rescue mission to save people from the burning flames of hell. That's the mission with your eyes closed and your heads bowed this morning how will you do that how will you be involved in missions this year how are you going to fulfill your calling it's not enough just to write a check every month And that's a great thing, and God is calling you to do that. But how are you going to fulfill the call that God has in your life to rescue broken, hurt, lost, dying people, a people who are headed for destruction? How are you going to help them? How are you going to be involved? How are you going to answer that call to mission?